Yeah. Somebody would try to buy me these at Dave's in San Francisco, which is a cement mixer, right? Oh, yeah. You get, it's like a little cream, a Kahlua or something, and then you pour some lemon juice or something into it. And then it kind of like buttermilks in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Dave. Yes, thank you. That's bringing back memories. That yeah, is, go that's to San a long time ago. Go to San God. Francisco and just hang out in the bar. That's like your extra WWDC or Macworld lab. Spin. Macworld. That was definitely Macworld, though. <laughs> Can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I met Bartosh. Dave's is gone. Michael, yeah. Michael Bartosh. Yeah, somebody grabbed the picture. Maybe it was Mr. Regan, because we had a picture of Michael up above the bar. Oh, because um, he pulled that bar. Holding his Panther book. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which was actually shot, I think, at the Thirsty Bear, we had some sort of reception, Apple training or something like that. Or maybe Beachbit did when his book first came out. And because uh, it came out after 10.3 was no longer a viable operating system. Yeah. Fun times. <laughs> yeah. I remember trying days. to track down some Apple engineers and then not having much luck and then being in Dave's and just sitting across from one going, oh, hey, wait a minute. I've been looking for you. <laughs> Uh, no, no conversations were had. We just drank our beer and quiet, but uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you could, the, the empathy you could feel. I mean. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. No, the stories. In their eyes, they wanted to tell you things. <laughs> stories that remain at Dave's, yeah. Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software products inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps podcast. Welcome to the Mac DevOps podcast, where we wistfully remember Ooh. old times. Woo, cheers. Cheers. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. You um, drinking the hard stuff again today, JD? I, I am not. I have coffee. So. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, this is my afternoon latte with uh, very friendly orange and, and some sugar-free vanilla. This is my... Cat, cat lady mug. I don't know. It's got cats all over it. It's great for tea. I, I love it. Uh, it's my tea mug. That works. Well, look at this. This yeah. is like a coffee hour. You know? Yeah, we, we should do this more often. I mean, when me and JD decided to start this uh, podcast before the pandemic started, it was a few weeks before. We we're just like, oh, let's just talk to some speakers before the conference. It'd just be fun to, to chat them up. And then and we didn't know we'd all be sort of stuck at home more or less, you know, over the next few years. But it has you definitely been years fun. later. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just a great way to connect to people, a great way to, you know, sort of push people on the podcast to talk about what's happening and get more coffee time. And, you know, thanks yeah, a lot, absolutely. Joel, for uh, being here. Yeah, excited to be here. Excited for the conference. Excited for what my slides might look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it is going to be an online conference. We've decided to do uh, our third online conference uh, in Discord this year with a live uh, stream on YouTube. It seems to have worked. It would be much awesomer in person, but you know, for reasons we're not doing it in person. So I went to my first in-person conference. Ah, how did that go? Well, I stayed an extra uh, week in London. Oh, uh, in- why? Why did you do that? You love the place so much. Absolutely. Uh, also, needed <laughs> I mean- <laughs> medical staff to clear my entry back into the United States. Ouch. 
I'm so sorry. So, I mean, luckily a very mild case for me, very fully vaxxed and boosted and all the rest. Um, But uh, yeah, so in-person conferences are certainly not without risk. As as my ignorance about conference organizing slowly fades, and I re- and the reality of how difficult it is, you know, weighs on me sometimes. I the extra weight of inviting people to a, a town and plane tickets and hotel rooms, and then if people got sick, I just I would not be uh, not be happy to uh, to be slightly responsible for that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, it was it it's, it was you know the United States I think is the only country still requiring testing before entering or at least it's one of the few yeah canada's canceling because that was the ironic thing about it i could have flown to visit you man that would have been fine <laughs> yeah and then i could have driven across a land border mm-hmm. and gotten back into my own country and i wouldn't have had to test so it, it's definitely you've got to navigate a very let's say varied uh situation as you're going through this but uh i mean it was fantastic to get together with people it was fantastic to talk to them but a hundred percent there are still side effects my wife now i I have another trip to europe coming up here in a little bit she has made sure that uh, we have some social engagements the week after and so she has required that i have alternative i don't know chaperones dates whatever for her to go to these social engagements We got tickets to a baseball game. I think we're going to a bare naked ladies concert. That oh, was wow. supposed to happen in 2020. And, uh, you know, I don't know if, if they're going to still be alive by the time uh, the concert happens. Well, they might have a million dollars by now. <laughs> they might finally have a million dollars. They can, they can stop singing about it. Um, I mean, no, no, that's, that's, no. you know, fancy catch-ups. Um, yeah. But uh, so I'm hoping Asian to go to that, but. John Ketchup. But if that doesn't work, then um, yeah, I got to have somebody to uh, to be there. So if anybody wants to go to a Bare Naked Ladies concert like mid-June. With your wife, right? With my wife. She's nice. She's very nice. She's uh, nice. Nice. <laughs> Social engagements in the Are era of, uh, of COVID. <laughs> well, we're recording, but uh, let's start again. This goes in the pod. Again. Who knows? This is... This is, this is <laughs> Perfectly fine. Just, just wanted to know. Just level set. Uh, are we E-rated? Uh, we, we barely rate anything. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just again, just checking. You know, I, I do a couple of these, and so I just want to make sure where we are in the uh, pantheon of uh, well, uh, adult well, rated. Welcome, Joel, to the Mac DevOps podcast, which where we're we're not rated PG or anything because I don't know if we have enough listeners, but uh, <laughs> we try to keep it uh, clean. Try to keep it family friendly. Family friendly. Um, we're talking about the Mac DevOps conference. Yeah, you can listen to it in the car with other people and not yeah. feel. I often listen to the Mac DevOps podcast, and when I do, I listen to it with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, why are you so weird? <laughs> Occasionally, I've gotten the uh, oh, you're so boring. Like, how do people even listen to you? Like, that's pretty awesome. But yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I like being kept on my toes. So um, I would have to, uh, yeah. But anyway, here we are to talk about Mac DevOps and all the fun things that are happening in the conference and in our professional lives. So we've got this conference coming June 15th, 16th, and 17th. 16th and 17th are the speaker days. We're trying to do something a little bit different. We've invited a lot of amazing people to give talks, 
but we're not going to give them as much time as they're used to. So we're going to try and have shorter talks this year. The idea of these 15 minute talks is that they're in 30 minute blocks. So you have 30 minutes with maybe some exceptions, but no, probably not, but 30 minutes. And then you can give a talk and then we go into the discord and we have our Q and A. And so the idea is to try to limit the talks and then have more time for Q and A, but How's this going to work out for Joel, though? That that is uh, is going to be our first test. Make it or break it. Like <laughs> either we put him as the last speaker, and then we just go for it, and just like we take all the time we need. Then that also works. The schedule has not been put together. I mean, I guess he doesn't need the Q and A time because he'll just do that live. Well, absolutely. So I can I can do the Q A live into the session. So that works out well. Kind of trims down on the. I mean, last year the half an hour talk seemed like you could have talked for longer. You know. Yeah. Like, uh, how do you feel this year? uh, Well, you know, I I liked like a gas. I expand to fill the space given to me. Honesty is is one of your traits. (laughs) Uh, The first rule. I don't know some scientific rule there law i don't know i i forget high school chemistry i am helping out my son with his high school trigonometry which is even oh over. whoa yeah yeah i got asked that recently too and then when my look returned back some fear my, my daughter looked at my <laughs> wife and said help <laughs> i was like well for i was me, like pythagoras that's it right pythagoras luckily <laughs> there's youtube so i think that's been helping to refresh uh, but yes, I mean, half hour, uh, perfectly fine. Especially, uh, I think, I got to look, the topic I gave you, it seems like months ago, but maybe it wasn't. Uh, SAML, OpenID Connect, the differences, compare, contrast. Yeah, we can, we can do that. We can do that. 30 okay. minutes. No right. problem. Awesome. Not much of a problem. Mostly I mean, not a problem. Maybe the last speaker of the day then takes as much time as he wants. It could be the if you're the first speaker, you got to like you can't screw up. The yeah, schedule. yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to mess up the schedule and and ruin it for everybody else. So, but I'm gonna try and do it live again. I got to see where I'm gonna be then. Uh, but we can figure that out. It's good. It's good. Yeah, that is the benefit is you don't have to worry about traveling to the conference. You can deliver the conference from anywhere. It also means you've got a little more leeway to develop the slides. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe not. Right, a lot of times on the plane, you would you would work on your materials. You practice with your seatmate. It's almost gotten a little more strict. Uh, Felipe, our live producer, really loves it if we have backup versions of the talks just in case. And we actually have a backup live producer, and they basically set up the show with all the backup talks just in case there's ever any kind of internet blips, and so oh, that cool. we can still play something on the YouTube stream if in case somebody loses their, their signal or something like that. So, um, no, that's really cool. No, I love doing them live. And that was good. I mean, that was the great thing about Macaduck where we were live. It was cool to just get that audience reaction and see like that. Uh, yeah. But that, yeah. That's why I like doing them live. And, and the way you do Mac DevOps with discord and the live hallway channels and stuff like that, that's fantastic. You know, I've always uh, appreciated this. I've said this many times. I'll keep saying it again, but uh, cheers to you for uh, still doing this. I know this is not uh, without sacrifice or, (laughs) I mean, your hair is gone. Um, So uh, obviously there's some impact there. Yeah. yeah, No, no, it's it's great. It's been awesome. And the response for the call for speakers was great. And I only had the uh, the heart to reject one speaker, James, because uh, he submitted two talks. So I was just like, you can't submit two or I'll pick one. I didn't know that was an option. 
Yeah, I was like, I think I told some people, if you didn't know what, some people said, what do I do? What do I talk about? And I'm like, just submit whatever you, whatever thoughts you have. You know, I don't want to stop the creative process early. Just my mom, who is a writer, always told me, you know, you don't edit while you write. You just start writing. You just throw idea, ideas out. So who am I to lock you down to a topic? Just submit ideas. And sometimes people get ideas later. But uh, a lot of people submitted <laughs> talks and I'm terrible at saying no. And I said, yeah, there's room for everybody. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And uh, <laughs> well, then that's a beautiful thing about a virtual conference, right? Is you didn't have to worry about getting a bigger room or you know, yeah. booking a different conference center, any of that stuff. Yeah, I mean uh, the 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 budgets uh, for in person are are a lot as well because I mean I'm I in the in the past years you know I've I've paid for a lot of plane tickets for people to make sure they could get there and hotel rooms to make sure that people that you know aren't paid by their work can can do it you know and if we ask people to show up we don't say you know pay for yourself and just expect to be there so Discord and the internet helps out you know even attendees who couldn't or uh, you know didn't have the money to get on a plane to come to Vancouver are appreciative of being able to join in so absolutely it's the best no, of no, best best and worst of all worlds <laughs> you know you got I got the opportunity to hang out with everybody and we're hoping that we can sort of mix it up with discord we we do miss the 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 past hack nights and as a lover of uh, all things swift uh, i know you've had some entertaining hacks and Maybe we can uh, think of something uh, again, um, some little yeah, thing. Yeah, the in-person could... hack nights were good. It is harder to do that virtually. Um, yeah. Probably not impossible, but definitely a little bit more complicated to uh, have those pieces together. Uh, I mean, but, yeah. I think one year we did have you and Tim, and it was more like everybody's in Discord. And instead of watching your gaming, we were just watching them code. You know, you can watch, watch Joel code and then throw out some comments to Tim, and then Tim... Or, you know, sends a comment back and <laughs> it, it's different. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's different. <laughs> I mean, people, I don't know. Twitch is full of people live streaming, whatever they may be doing at that time. Uh, I can't say I consume a lot of that, but, uh, you know, Hey, I, um, uh, judgment free zone here. Um, well, sometimes maybe we just need to see other people and I've had some teams that I've worked on where, you know, people just had to zoom up sometimes just for a little while and just people were just working on code, you know, maybe separately, maybe together, but just coding and then just throwing out, oh, I'm working on this and this is bugging me or I'm working on that. And so even if people aren't, you know, actively using Git and using version control and pulling, you know, uh, code from some other person, if just to see someone's face and to work on stuff and to talk about it, maybe a little bit might. I don't know. Absolutely. And it's a good contrast to like, occasionally you'll have an outage and what do you do for an outage? Or you've got a problem that you need to solve. You put everybody on a zoom or a whatever hangout. And then it's just deathly silent. As <laughs> <laughs> everybody's like, Oh my gosh, how do we fix this? How do we fix this? <laughs> it's, it's a good test of a team. Uh, uh, I've, I've seen, uh, I've seen a few down times and some uh, crisis comms in the last uh, y years or so. And um, yeah, you know, not, not always fun to have a quiet one or. Sure. 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 But let's back up a little bit. Uh, Joel. I was using Nomad earlier today and it made me think, you know, and looking like, you know, Apple, True Source Labs, you've made a few jumps, then Jamf. I mean, what, what's going on, man? This, this is an intervention. Well, that's fine. That's, that's good. That's good. So the last, it's been, I think, six months. I started in November, first week of November at Jump Cloud. And a little different for me, prior, right, my journey. We all have journeys. Some are longer, some are shorter, some are wider than others. 
Uh, my journey started at Apple where I was pretty much in sales. Well, actually, it started before then. Uh, I don't know. I think we did the origin story on the previous one, so we won't get all that back. Yeah. But at Apple, it was in sales. Then I went to a startup in Texas, True Source Labs, uh, which was a call center, but we were going to do managed services for the Mac. So that's where I started writing Nomad. A startup got weird, as startups sometimes do. So that's where we formed Orchard and Grove. And we, to some degree, commercialized Nomad into Nomad Pro and some of the other products that we had out there, right? And so that was an interesting journey for me from sales to more management and product as I was developing this managed services uh, offering uh, from the place in Texas and then going all the way into uh, building an entire product from scratch. So I went to Jamf. I was thinking, or I don't know, from mutual conversations that being on the product side of the house was the best place to be because then my great ideas could be put out and I would be able to then... um, you know, direct teams of engineers on the engineering group um, to put my ideas into action. And it didn't really, I don't think, quite happen as well as I would have liked it to. Not uh, anybody's fault, but just, uh, I don't know, the mechanics weren't there, the vision didn't convey, and some of the pieces just never made it to the place that I really wanted it to be. So when that stopped being fun, and my advice to anybody, especially in this job market, don't know how long it's going to last, uh, but my best advice for anybody looking for a job or questioning if they should leave, move, or something else is, as soon as it stops being fun, make the decision quicker rather than longer. All right? Don't uh, don't let it linger, in the words of the cranberries. I get that right. All right. There you go. We, we're, we're getting the like alternative rock references in here. So don't let it linger. Make that decision sooner rather than later. Life's too short all that stuff. And so JumpCloud gave me an opportunity where I would be on the engineering side, but also managing some of the product pieces of what I was going to be doing. And most of the last six months has been spent hiring people. So I now have probably close to 20 people. I think with another five to 10, maybe to hire still, you'd have to, it depends on the day and how many offers we've had out and what's come back in and all the rest. We're probably going to end up in the identity org that I now have with about 30 people on the development side, uh, spread out across the world. Uh, we've got a development team in India. We've got two or three teams here in the US. Um, we've actually talked to people in Europe, and I don't think we've hired anybody out there yet, but we're certainly actively interested in that. Company is entirely remote, but I'm feeling a lot of what we were just talking about, about a whole bunch of devs sitting on an open mic. <laughs> As we're 100% trying to find ways to get developers excited, engaged, and interested in what they're doing while they're remote, we're never going to be moving back to in-person. So we have been trying to navigate some of these, you know, kind of newer waters, right? We started off with having a lot of meetings. Because if you don't know who you're managing and you've never met them in person before and you've hired these people entirely remotely, you tend to over-index on let's talk to everybody all the time. I got to tell you, that's, that's really negative on the productivity. Uh, so now we've pulled back a lot from that. We're trying to do things where like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there's no scheduled meetings for most of the developers. I've got a, a great, fantastic engineering manager uh, on the team now. She actually is not that far from me. So we've actually been able to meet in person, which is a little unusual compared to the whole rest of the team. And we've, uh, you know, trying very hard to focus on letting developers be developers. Really, you know, interesting stuff for me as, um, as, a, as a Mac user, a Mac developer, uh, doing a lot more in Go. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. And, cool and I'm like liking it. it. Yeah, cool kids like it. Maybe I'm a cool kid. I, I don't know. If I, uh, if I squint, it looks a lot like Swift. And if you're not a, what do they call themselves, gophers? Or, or if I didn't really care about offending, I would say it seems a little basic. Go is very regimented in its language and its structure. So you can't get overly flowery. There's not a lot of ways to do things. I think they're very big about, there's only one way to do things. There's only one way to write a for loop. You can't decorate it different ways and put other stuff on it. But that's gotten me into doing a lot more web services. Previously, uh, when I was, you know, doing Nomad or at Jamf, you know, Jamf had web teams and a lot of web developers. Uh, but what we were doing specifically with Jamf Connect, we specifically stayed away from having web services. I didn't have much experience with them. Amazon seemed cool, but like for buying shorts, not necessarily for hosting things. And whenever I would go into the Amazon console, there was just two <laughs> bazillion buttons, right? <laughs> And that's why and, we founded Mac DevOps, because looking at that <laughs> AWS dashboard, we're like, what do we do with this? What do we do? Cloud. What is the cloud? I mean, people are like, yeah, it's someone else's computer. I'm like, but have you seen the dashboard? <laughs> like, It's like the status monitoring page is like ridiculous of all the services and everywhere. And what's insane? Yeah. Scroll, <laughs> scroll, scroll. <laughs> well, and that's right. You can never find the stuff again. Uh, you have to pin all your little things together. And then like, there was a kind of an embarrassing moment. This was two or three years ago. I'd got the AWS tenant and I don't know, I'd set up EC2, right? So that's where you just have a virtual host and I'd set something up and I'd forgotten which region it was in. And so somehow my dashboard had changed from US East one to, I don't know, West two or whatever it is. And so whenever I looked at my dashboard, I couldn't find <laughs> And I didn't even know to pull down at the top to the different regions. So that was kind of awkward. It's terrible. I was I was just doing my taxes and I'm like, got this $1 bill, $1 a month from Amazon. And I'm like, I went in, I'm like trying to find out what is it? I, I think it's like maybe some DNS. Wade, wait, if you're listening, help me. I'm like, it's like, I'm looking at all these like, like $1 a month. It's not costing me a lot, but it's like, where is it coming? Oh, and, and hopefully nobody from Amazon billing is listening, but I think I do have a tenant that I owe Amazon a buck 70. It was easier just to kind of abandon the tenant than it was to figure out what the heck was costing <laughs> 34 cents a month. Yeah. So I just yeah. got another burner email address and moved on. <laughs> yeah. But so. Yeah, the cloud. Doing a lot the more, cloud. <laughs> doing a lot more in Go, which, which I'm really finding enjoyable because it does allow me to put the whole second piece to some of the things that we're putting together on. Um, so all the back end pieces there, a lot of lambdas, which are really, really cool. A lot of fun stuff with API gateway where you can use tokens for it and things like that. And then also getting into uh, some of the database pieces. I'm not a database person, you know, relational, I don't, whatever. So I really hated those things, but dynamo is stupid easy because it, it's no sequel, right? It's just, you make a call, you get something and you move on. And so putting some of those together with Go into Lambdas has been a lot of fun to kind of poke around with some of these things. What's even better, though, is that most of the folks we have hired are back-end developers or focused on the server side. we got some front-end devs and things like that, some DevOps on the team, great folks, uh, but mostly focused on putting together the service pieces, partially because it's been hard to find Mac, iOS, and Android developers. So we actually have openings for Android if, I don't know if there's a lot of Android devs, 
listening to this podcast, but if you're out there and you're interested, you know, check the show notes, right? That's what I'm supposed to say. Exactly. You go to the jumpcloud.com page and you can look and we've got at least one Android position there. So the client folks are coming in, which is great. We'll have some more in there, but yeah, I've been doing a lot of backend work, which has been really intriguing. Uh, and I, it's funny, we're doing everything through Terraform, like the cool kids, Terraform and Helm charts and some other stuff that I don't entirely know, but people on the team do. So that's fantastic. But I do remember like three years ago in Vancouver, Graham getting up, talking about a whole Terraform thing. And I, yeah. I fully admit to completely tuning out because I was like, I, I'm, I'm a don't client this person. Now. Don't, I don't, don't need, need this, this now. now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. brain's only so big. And if something new comes in, something else has to go. And I don't want to make those decisions as to what's leaving. Yeah. But, but now I'm living that dream. And it's, uh, you know, it's really powerful. I've been very, very impressed. I don't know if I would have said this three years ago, but, you know, have a little app that I was messing around, doing a proof of concept and what we can do. And of course, you want push notifications, right? Everybody does. And push notifications aren't all that new anymore or exciting. So it's kind of table stakes that if you're going to have an app, you need to have some of these things in. So doing a little uh, demo app, kind of putting it together. And I'm like, well, we should do push, right? That seems like the right thing to do. And I was very, very pleasantly surprised at just how simple it was to put that together with some of the Amazon services. Uh, and without having to write a whole lot of code, you can do now direct pipelining between the Amazon uh, API gateway. So you don't have to run a service. You don't have to run a host or anything else like that. You can validate tokens, mutate the requests, and then pipeline those directly into SNS, which then handles all the push stuff for you there. So right, look at this, getting DevOpsy on the Mac DevOps podcast. I'm you've, excited You've about come that. a long way. You've come a long I, way. I know. And yeah, it uh, just kind of flows. It's really nice. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, it's good. So it, it's been exciting for me to kind of stretch wings and get into kind of a new place. It is a little funny because we now have started comparing Go to Swift. And I feel like the old crotchety Swift programmer who comes out and, you know, this is how we do it here. And, you know, Go doesn't have generics. Well, they just recently got generics, but they really don't know what to do with them. Go doesn't have optionals. It's a little weird for me. Uh, I really like optionals now that I've made my peace with them. And uh, so, but no, it's fantastic and fun. The only weird, the weirdest thing for me with Go, the IDE most people seem to use, there's a couple of commercial ones, um, and those might be fantastic. I don't know, I haven't used them, uh, but Visual Studio Code, which to me feels like I'm writing in VI. <laughs> I mean, it does it's not. everything. It does everything. <laughs> Correct. It's not If BI, you know the yeah. right key chords yeah. to make it do that or whatever. And I'm used to Xcode for all the warts Xcode may have. It's got a nice play button. I've, I feel comfortable in it, right? It's an old pair of pajamas and it, it's nice. And so Visual Studio Code is still freaking me out a little bit. I just don't, I don't like dark mode. It doesn't really behave like a Mac app. It's not really, it's like some kind of, I don't know what you call it, uh, you know, web, web app or something. Or... Yeah. Yeah. It's all Electron, right? Yeah. yeah Adam, so. Adam doesn't even act like a mac app and it's supposed to no be so i mean despite it you know it's sort of its ui is like meh but it just doesn't behave like you can't do the same kind of window management or right clicking or you know that kind of stuff but i did uh build an app recently and i was using it and i had it kind of dialed in to show my code and then have my output and i had all these windows like set up so that i could see all the outputs and the inputs and you know it was like basically one window but 
yeah, every time I, I sort of start again, like when I do VI, well, VI is, I've gotten a little bit better at it, but I go, I usually go back to nano or Emacs, but I usually end up always opening up BB edit again, like VS code just, this is not my first, it's not my first thing. I'm like, ah. though I recently did uh, download and buy the Nova app, the new, new okay. code editor. Cause I like supporting indie developers, the, you know, yeah. they've been around forever. And uh, I was like, eh, this is a different take on it, you know? And I mean, I think VS Code might win the war being free and everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. It's got a lot of, you know, the... The plugins, Go. extensions. And- Absolutely. I mean, it's straight from Google, right? So it, it's legit. Um, and that's the, the, the biggest change I had with Go, right? When in Xcode, you hit play in Swift, it compiles it first and makes sure it's, the syntax is correct before it, it does anything. And it, and it, you know, does that in line as you're working. So you kind of know if it's going to work or not. But however, you can put a bunch of code in that you never use, and that's fine. Xcode won't care too much. You'll still get an app out the other side. Go is very adamant that if you have a, if you declare a variable and then never use it, it won't compile the app until you get rid of that. Oh, wow. And my, I don't know if it's good or bad, my ADHD spectrum behavior exploratory programming style which is to, you know, kind of wander around through the code a little bit, maybe start something over here, but never finish it, end up down here. But, you know, eh, that didn't really work. So we'll just comment out a bunch of stuff. It's not as conducive to that in Go. (laughs) Memory waster, how dare you? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. I mean, well, just, I mean, Nomad's a really bad example of this because I truly had no idea what I was doing when I started that. And you look at entire class files that never get used because they were like, hey, this would be cool. And then I got like two thirds of the way through it and then switched. Because, you know, especially at the time before we actually had turned it into a business, it was just me on, you know, Thursday evenings trying to forget all the craziness going on around me. And I just started in wander for a little bit. I had no idea. I mean, that was my first time even using Git, right? So uh, this concept of a branch per feature, I was just working in the main branch the whole time, you know, YOLO. And that's also why you'd have all these chunks of code that made no sense because it was just one branch. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm much, I'm better. I'm better. I'm not fully reformed, but, I, but I'm better. And then the Go IDE enforces a little bit better behavior in that in that sense yeah working uh, in in uh, on code uh, together in a team in devops or other uh you know it's a, it's a different experience from just using git and i recently had someone ask me have you used git before i'm like yeah and they're like you should use branches i'm like branches huh yeah you should uh, be a little more organized i'm like hmm i'm like okay <laughs> i'm not too old to learn that's why we're here right? always be learning <laughs> Well, my latest example of that is uh, mono repos. They're trendy. And I was, you know, you learn Git and you're like, it's complicated enough. I don't want to put eight projects in the same thing and try to figure them all out at the same time. I've now changed my opinions. And the thing that did it for me was mostly Swift UI, is I end up doing a bunch of different apps that all use the same kind of visual elements. And maybe I'll show off some of these in, well, I've only got 30 minutes. Maybe I won't show off some of those. Or maybe we just have to do a workshop or something. <laughs> or a longer form or just a hangout. Hang out with Joel. Hack, hang hack, out with Joel. And, and I'll uh, just share my screen and we'll go from there. But since I was using all these different visual elements, right, then you get into, well, how do you have a shared code repository? Right? 
previously you'd probably do something with cocoa pods, but cocoa pods is pretty uh, heavyweight and messes with your Xcode files and all this other stuff. So you don't want to do that. You know, in Nomad, we chose Carthage as our package management, which works out well. It's better, I think, than CocoaPods, but it still has got a lot of warts on it. Apple came out with Swift Package Manager, which is a lot simpler and works out pretty well. So we could have a Swift package where we could have all these like different uh, visual elements and colors and things like that, right? A lot of the static design elements that you might use as you go through your apps, which is fine, but then you're importing and exporting a lot of that, adds some complexity to the compile process. So we, now I just, I've got 12 apps. I've got Xcode open right here. And I probably have nine different targets and just one Xcode project. And these are, you know, for some things, it's the Mac version and the iOS version of the same app. For other things, it's an entirely different app, but it's using some of the uh, same visual elements. Some, it was just like, yeah, I don't want to start a new project. Just put it right here. So now I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So 15 different targets. So some of these are like uh, crypto token kit app extensions and things like that. But you're looking at probably what would otherwise be six to seven project files, six to seven separate projects in Xcode, all in one setting here. And it, some things are really easy because there's like some packages that I would have had across all of them. So now Xcode only has to keep track of them in one place. You know, I think I'm saving a tiny bit of electricity every year by not you know, copying down the same ASN1 decoder into seven different projects, right? So my hard drive is maybe a little bit smaller. And so the secret to doing this is what's this, the mono? Oh, mono Yeah, I mean, it's been out for a while and it's the same concept, right? I think, I don't know if it's Facebook or Uber or someplace, they're a mono repo. Maybe it's probably Facebook which means everything that they work on everywhere is just in one repository. And you go into this Git repo and your head explodes because there's, you know, maybe 10 gigs, maybe 10 terabytes of code in this one repo. But the flip side is everything's there. So instead of having to link out to another project or clone something over and keep that in sync and all that other work, you've got everything that you need right within there, within the same project which, you know, there's some definite advantages to it. The, it does get a little bit complicated and it, back to your point about working in groups and maybe how different mental models don't convey between users. <laughs> You've got to make sure that you kind of go into this with the concept that it is going to be a monorepo. Otherwise, you end up with what I have a little bit here. The first app that I wrote has a lot of stuff in it. The second app has less, but it links to a bunch of stuff in the first app. The third app almost has nothing, but it links to a bunch of stuff in the second and the first app. And then you really don't have any idea where your code is anymore as it's splayed across all these different folders. So if you do come to it with a little bit more of a terministic structure where you've got maybe a folder structure where you've got reusable code and elements for the Swift UI or whatever as you go through there, probably makes it a little bit less confusing to the outsider uh, or if you've gone away from the project for three to four months and try to come back and go, wait a minute, <laughs> where, how, how does this work? But once you get it down past that, it, um, you know, you get a little bit better with the uh, compiler directives so you can, if else out like things for iOS versus uh, the Mac. That is the one thing that you kind of run into a little bit in that 
it's not 100% of uh, carryover. Swift UI makes Mac and, and iOS a lot similar, and you can get away with virtually having the exact same project code between the two, but not really. I mean, one screen is much wider, one screen is much taller. So it's sometimes easier just to put them into two different projects. So you do end up with some situations where, um, I don't know what's a good example. There's a couple of APIs that are only available on either the Mac or on iOS. And so that's where you have to write your code, maybe just a little bit more carefully to make sure that you can if else out some of those, um, you know, import statements or something else and be able to make sure everything kind of comes down. But once you do that, I don't know, it's really been growing on me. My folder structure, at least the top level folder structure on my hard drive is cleaner. And I had this like project folder and there was every time I would start something new, I would put a new project in there and most of them were abandoned and everything else. There'd just be hundreds of them. Uh, now I just have two or three, but then there's hundreds, <laughs> one layer down uh, that's in there. I mean, all this time we've been in jest, we've been arguing about Python versus Swift versus Go, you know, thanks to Victor. And, and who won? It, Python is no. dead. Apple well, has removed it. Yeah. Swift wins. But I was going to say that no one's really won because the argument wasn't really Python versus Go We've versus all Swift. It was that. like, it was kind of like, how do we actually do any work? How do we actually work together? And in, in all, all the previous past sessions I've tried to do about Git and how to use GitHub or, you know, all that kind of stuff, we needed, we needed more talks. And what people run into the wall is, how do you actually work together with Git? How do you work in a team? How do you work on code together, you know, effectively? And you know, recently, you know, uh, I've also had the fun, you know, yeah, it's like, how do you work asynchronously with people all around the world, you know, and how do you use documentation to your advantage? And how do you, you know, learn how other people are working so you can work with them in the way that they're working, <laughs> you know, and how they want to, you know, these are, these are important topics. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, and I, I got to tell you, I don't think there's any magic bullets for uh, a lot of those, right? You know, we're uh, we're kind of feeling it out as we go. You know, I've got a couple of teams that are doing Agile Scrum just because that's kind of our basic fallback. Another team that's doing Waterfall, spinning up a team in a whole different continent. And it, I'm very concerned about making sure we've got a discrete chunk of work that they can focus on. So they can be the good developers that they are without having to wait for a bunch of us schmoes in the U.S. to wake up, you know, either answer questions or fix something in the back end or something like that. Yeah, so maybe we should do this again in about six months. And I, maybe. There's, there's lessons to be learned if we're looking hard enough, maybe. Uh, how do you do code reviews? How do you deal with the code? I mean, the tech debt that you're left, you know, when somebody builds something and then either they leave or nobody's still, no, they look at it later and they don't understand it. There's, there's a lot of depth. You know, it's like, yeah, building a little bit more tech debt every day of our lives. Thanks, Joel, for uh, hanging out with us on the Mac DevOps podcast. Looking forward to your talk. I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. It's something security related, but it's going to be entertaining. Uh, authentications, identity. I think we need to have like an open Joel hour or just a coding um, moment. See if we can get Tim in there and just talk about yeah. working together or work on some code and there's a lot of a lot of uh, shared experiences that we can share. <laughs> yeah, T Tim and I had done a couple of COVID projects together, uh, which was very enjoyable. Uh, certainly for me, hopefully for Tim, but eh, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> ah, Tim, Tim loves everybody. And uh, I actually, I I, I want to bet from him. This is funny. Oh. It's a little preview. 
I'm going to use this as a talk for Objective by the Sea that I submit. Hi, Patrick. <laughs> that hopefully he'll, because I want to go to Barcelona. And uh, <laughs> Tim, Tim and I had a bet, and I won. And the $10 that he was going to give me, well, it's a funny story. You have to wait until my session. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. But it's fantastic. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll kiss 10 bucks goodbye. It's, it's, uh, it was good. But no, it, it was important to, you know, it was good to get some of those yeah in the middle of covid it was it was bad he wanted just somebody to talk to everything else like that now it seems you know things uh -huh. open up a little bit more you can do a little bit more of that but would love would love to have just a uh dump the chump hour time whatever do we have uh social events planned yeah yeah we have social events not planned right. but social events <laughs> i mean as the organizer no we're, yeah we're gonna have time in uh, discord i want to have some unfortunately but bring bring your own but yeah no after the after the samuel oath and open id uh, talks and all other things <laughs> and we could just hang out we could just hang out and talk code and shoot the uh, shoot the breeze so um thank you so much joel Looking forward to your talk and uh, looking forward to that new Mac DevOps swag. We'll get you a, a hoodie. Um, your hoodies are some of the best. Thank you so much. They are a lifestyle brand. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's all about the hoodies and the shirts. <laughs> Thanks, Joel, for joining us on the Mac DevOps podcast. It's been awesome. How do we find you on the internet? I am as I ever have been Mac troll. Although I, I don't say much. I don't know. I, I had a ghost Twitterer for a while. It was kind of fun, but it didn't work out so well. You haven't trolled anyone since the days of AFP 548 and you and baby Josh. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> yeah, you just have to, I don't know, Twitter. I, I tried to tweet a little bit more. I see Tim tweeting and I'm like, well, if he's tweeting, I can tweet. And then I don't have anything intelligent to say, so I... <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Tim because... <laughs> Tim, Tim, Tim uses Twitter to work on thoughts out loud, Absolutely. right? So that's what Absolutely. Twitter is perfect for. It's like, hey, this is this issue, this is problem, we're working on this thing, and you know, you feel like you're inside his mind, which is not a bad place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that's good. So, uh, yeah, uh, Mac troll on Twitter, but probably more interestingly on the Mac admin Slack. Although, and I got to say, the last six months, uh, hiring, you know, I've been doing like 30, 40 interviews a month which is just draining. And part of that, I have not been on the slacks as much. But actual, this long, very long answer to what JD is going to edit down to just natural. <laughs> cool, man. So good to see your face, Joel, because it's been a long time. And I yeah. uh, hope we see each other in person again, but we'll see you online next month. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another Mac DevOps YVR podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider buying us a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash mdopod. Support and encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community by supporting Mac DevOps. Buy us a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash mdopod. If you're interested in sponsoring the Mac DevOps YVR conference and podcast, send an email to hello at mdoyvr.com. Thank you to our awesome Mac DevOps sponsors. For the 2022 Mac DevOps conference, we would like to thank Kanji, our platinum sponsor. Thank you, Kanji. Visit them at kanji.io. Our gold sponsor is SimpleMDM. Thank you, SimpleMDM. Visit them at simplemdm.com. Our silver sponsor is Adigy. Thank you, Adigy. Visit them at adigy.com. 
And thank you to our live stream sponsor, Mac Stadium. Visit them at macstadium.com. Our graphics recording sponsor is Fleet DM. Please visit them at fleetdm.com. Please take a moment to visit all our sponsors. We could not hold Mac DevOps YVR without the support of our sponsors. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps podcast. Thank you to our guests and thank you to our co-hosts. Today's episode was edited by JD Strong. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service. Is that good, JD? I forgot sure. the most yeah. important question. <laughs> yeah, how do we how do we find Joel the Mac troll? Let me try that again. All right, we got to do the whole thing over again. All right, start with oh, my introductions. Yeah.